Hello, hello, and welcome to PTC Cast episode 51, aka season two, episode one, maybe. Here we the are. Premiere. We're doing it. Yeah, yeah. man. So um, today, Chris and I go over creating your own entire lower body training protocol. So everything you need to know to build a sick pair of legs, being sure that we're covering every single one of your bases depending upon what kind of equipment you have. So we even give you some sample exercises for each one of these things. And just to be sure that when you're building your own leg training program, you are covering every single base and you are building every muscle to the best of your ability. You're not creating any imbalances. You're training safely and you're training effectively. This podcast is brought to you by progressthroughchange.com where you can get your four easy habits for fat loss guide. It is a free PDF download that will literally take you like less than 30 seconds. If you go click the link in the bio now, you'll you'll literally be back before the episode starts because yeah. <laughs> um, it'll be right in your inbox, man. I, I can't express to you enough how easy that is. And as some bonus points as well today, Chris and I have attached a PDF that's going to kind of outline some of the things that we talk about and give you, you know, a, a, a worded form of reference because obviously, you know, this podcast is long audio format. So this way you kind of have something to keep with you instead of having to sit down and write notes. That way, you know, if you're in the car, you need something to refer back to. You can find that in the link if you're on YouTube in the bio, if you're on Spotify in the description. Mm-hmm. But definitely check that out because that goes super well with this guy, or excuse me, with this podcast, just to be sure that, you know, you have that in hand and, and you got you got all your notes together. You can create your own leg training protocol, man. Get some yep. sick legs. Yes, sir. So yeah, enjoy the show. We're up. Had a good back workout today. Got a good chest workout get my chest goes popping man yes sir they can barely move though okay they're so so sore right now okay that's a good problem to have man yeah so this is um episode 51 aka episode one of season two yes welcome to ptc cast season two baby we're here we're doing it um season one was a lot of fun man it was i say season one you know just our first like group of podcasts that we did and you know i think it was a lot of fun starting from I mean, just basically being on this camera with no lens and like no well, mic. Yeah, no mic. Just like on like I think we brought like my kitchen chairs like into my office. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, man. So no scenery. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we still got, you know, we still got some things to do, but I feel yeah. like we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We're cruising. We're gonna make this better. We're doing the damn thing, man. So we're trying to do that, you know, trying to be a little bit better every time. And so We're going to hit you with a little bit more structure moving into season two here. And so today, what we really wanted to talk about is creating your own lower body training protocol. And really my goal here is to try to give everyone everything they could need, regardless of what kind of equipment you have available, regardless of, you know, what sort of shape you're in now or where you're trying to go. I mean, if you're trying to build muscle, I'm trying to give you every tool you need for a lower body workout. Yeah. And so what we'll even do is maybe we'll come up with a couple different examples. If you want to have, you know, up to two leg days in a week, um, we could talk about, you know, different priorities. We can talk about pelvic stabilization. So we going into some different things today, but again, kind of my goal is to give you everything that I'm thinking about when I'm creating a leg training program for a client and mm. that client specific needs. So, um, starting off here, I think one of the most overlooked and underappreciated things in all of training, not just lower body training is unilateral training. And so we're talking lunges, we're talking step ups. Why are you smiling at me like that? Because I have no idea what that means, but (laughs) you're expanding (laughs) one side at a time, man. Context clues, right? Unilateral one side at a time. So all the stuff you hate, right? Walking lunges, step ups, split squats, one leg, leg presses, uh, one leg, leg curls. I mean, unilateral meaning one side at a time is really the name of the game when it comes to lower body training, because 
you know, when we just think of things like barbell squats or leg presses or leg extensions, we miss a lot of the stabilization muscles that happen around our, our ankles, yeah. our knees, our hips, um, even our lower back as well. So it's really important that you, you get those muscles up to speed, integrated, and in my opinion, trained relatively intensely. So that way, all of those muscles involved are primed and ready for other things like your barbell squats, your barbell mm-hmm. deadlifts, your, your big two-legged things. You know, I heard a really good quote once, man, and it was, if you can't stand on one leg, why would you squat on two? Yeah. And I thought that that was really, you know, really something because you think, you know, how many people can you watch stumble through, you know, a set of walking lunges with 25 pound dumbbells, but you know, they can squat 315 just fine. Mm-hmm. It's because we'll figure out ways to kind of force ourselves into these positions, even if we can't properly contract through it or stabilize through it. So I really think unilateral uh, movements are one of the, the most overlooked pieces of leg training. Um, I know that whenever I was, um, programming for you for a little bit, you had a lot of things to say about the walking lunges. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so I'm on the side where I don't like unilateral movements. Nobody does, man. It sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason why it sucks, you know, doing, doing the compound movements or the machines that work, uh, both, both legs, it's so much easier and, um, all of that, but I will say, I will admit that every time that I do it, I don't regret it because it feel it makes my it makes me feel healthier. It makes mm. my legs feel healthier. Um, one of, one of the biggest things was you know hip tightness. Yeah, you know before that's a big one. Before I was doing the unilateral movements. And it was things like, you know, the watch, the walking lunges, the Bulgarian split squats. I had horrible, horribly tight hips yeah. to where, you know, if I was sitting down for five or 10 minutes, it would be very uncomfortable, literally just to sit down, man. And walking would be uncomfortable. Just the daily things that you do on the daily would be uncomfortable. And yeah, yeah. I'm sure that I was an extreme case, but I... I will admit the unilateral movements were definitely huge when it comes to improving my, not only performance, mm-hmm. but, uh, the health of my legs. A hundred percent. And I, I think one of the biggest, you know, telltale signs, well, I, I think one of the biggest reasons we don't focus on them or we don't think about them as much is, you know, in a powerlifting context, all we're thinking about is squats and deadlifts, right? Mm-hmm. So all we're thinking so it kind of just falls back getting those numbers yeah. up. Right. Yeah. And then in a muscle building context, all we're thinking of is, you know, going balls to the wall, trying to train like, you know, Ronnie Coleman slapping on weight on the leg press, trying to you yeah, know, back buddy. squat as heavy. Yeah, man. <laughs> trying to back squat as heavy as you can. You know what I mean? And, and there's a, there's validity to that in certain scenarios, man. But you know, how many people do you know that directly train their adductors? How many people do you know that directly train their abductors? How many yeah. people do you know that directly train their perennials, perennials? Oh man, I needed an anatomy refresh. That was embarrassing. <laughs> point being, yeah, <laughs> I look need it. Me. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I, I said, look at it. Yeah, no, no, no. But but point being there, man, like, you know, you take somebody who doesn't do a whole lot of unilateral stuff and you just throw in a good few sets of walking lunges, a good few sets of step ups. I mean, and, and again, you can honestly just kind of pick one of these unilateral exercises and, and see what you find. Mm-hmm. You know, what I think a lot of people would be shocked with is if you can find a way to match a similar intensity that you would with a bilateral exercise, so intensity, not necessarily meaning load, but just okay. difficulty. So, you know, can you find a way to get a balls to the wall set of, 
you know, 10 out of 10 difficulty of walking lunges. Mm. And that might take you a while to get there. You might have to, you know, you know, you might have to perfect the skill for a little while. You might have to practice the movement, but point being, you know, it's not going to take too much right out the gate to get some of those muscles awake, alive and moving. If you're not someone that's used to training them and that alone Mm -hmm. should kind of be that light bulb of, Oh, I'm, I have a lot of missing links here when all I'm doing is leg extensions and leg press. You know what I mean? Yeah. So should that be before? So whenever I was doing the unilateral movements, Mm -hmm. I would do it before my, my main workout. Uh, so I, I wouldn't train it, you know, 10 out of 10 with the intensity thing. And I still saw the benefits, but yeah, I could imagine how it would have been way better if I would have actually allocated, you know, a full, intense yeah multiple sets well i think there's that. i think there's ways to move through that and then ways to focus on it more or less and dependent upon mm-hmm. what your specific goal is and we'll kind of get into that as we move on but you know it, while we're just on the topic just to touch on it briefly you know in my opinion you can either mainly use them like you did in ways to prep for some of those bigger exercises okay, so yeah. you know let's go through two sets of lunges before we do a barbell back squat or let's go through you know a couple sets of split squats before we try doing some deadlifts like let's wake up some of that musculature be sure it's mm-hmm. moving and doing what we want it to do so you can do something like that you can slap it in the middle of the workout and have it as kind of your big meat and potato exercises where you're really pushing hard for heavy weight mm-hmm. heavy load and you're really trying to make it happen there and Again, if you're someone who this might be something that's new to you, that might be a method you want to wait on just to okay. acclimate yourself up to that. Or finally, you could throw them at the end of a leg day and you could use them as a, as a finisher, right? So a way to just shove blood into the muscle and to kind of finish yourself off. So maybe that's split squats at the end, walking lunges at the end, et cetera, et cetera. So there's definitely different ways you can place it. And we'll go into that a little bit later. But um, <clears throat> that's kind of everything I have to say on, on the unilateral subject for now. So okay. kind of, kind of moving away from there and into one of the next biggest things. So real quick, the no, unilateral, sure. that's, that's just something that you said, you know, should be injected in whatever leg program that you're doing. Like yeah. that's why oh, you started yeah. off with it. Yeah. And okay. we'll, yeah, man. And we'll, we'll touch on it more later again, but I personally think it should be in everyone's routine to some extent. Okay. I mean, I don't care if you're Mr. Olympia. I don't care if you're first time in the gym, it might not be walking lunges for you. Maybe it'll be one leg bridges. It mm-hmm. might not be, you know, loaded split squats. Maybe it'll be, you know, a one leg leg press. Like mm-hmm. there's different variations and that means different things to depending on who you are. But, but point being there, like I definitely think that every single individual should have some sort of unilateral lower body exercise okay. in their program consistently. Gotcha. You, gotcha. You. Um, in my opinion. <clears throat> so moving from there, uh, one of the most important things about building tissue is your ability to stabilize or not necessarily your ability to move things, but your ability to keep the wrong things from moving and make the right things move. Mm -hmm. So for example, we've all seen somebody put a barbell on their back before sink into a squat and about halfway down their butt rolls underneath them, Mm -hmm. right? People will call it a butt wink point there being they're not actually moving at the joint they're intending to move at. They're moving at the lower back instead of moving at the hip. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of an easy example to pick. But so talking about stabilization or specifically pelvic and trunk stabilization here, if we can't keep your spine rigid and those things where we want them to be, we can't go through a movement. So for example, let's say you get halfway down on your squat and no more hip movement happens, no more knee movement happens. Now all that happens is lower back movement. So now what we've done is we haven't moved at the joints we intended to, we've moved at the spine. 
we've used our lower back musculature, our, our erectors, instead of our quads, our glutes, our hamstrings. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, point there being, um, mm. th- there's another conversation to have with that on something like a like a lying leg curl. With your powerlifting background, you ever done a lying leg curl before? Uh, yes, but I preferred the seated leg curls. That's that's a good answer. Yeah. Um, primarily because in a seated leg curl, it's easier for you to be stabilized. You mm-hmm. don't have to stabilize exactly. as much on your own. Yeah, but that's, again, a different conversation. There's technically some differences there. But in a lying leg curl, if you can't actively push your hip bones down into the pad, squeeze your butt, while you kick up, you'll see a lower back popping and extending, mm-hmm. popping and extending. And again, that's going to tell you, hey, I'm not moving at the right joint. I'm not keeping my abs and my pelvis stable enough to just be sure only my knee is moving here. So point being, look into practicing some of your pelvic stabilization. The, the best way that I could have someone start there is lay down on your back, plant your feet like you were going to do a bridge. You're going to feel a, a gap of space where your lower back is. That's your lower dotic curve. That's normal. We all have lower that. Dotic, okay. What you want to do is you want to see if you can push that down into the mat or and try to flatten it out mm-hmm. and try to flatten okay. it out. And what you'll feel, your hips are going to roll up. It's going to feel like your abs are partially crunched down. Mm-hmm. That's a, a braced pelvis and trunk, if you will. So mm-hmm. point being, can you create that same feeling throughout your lower body movements? Can you create that same feeling while you're going through a barbell back squat? Can you create that same feeling while you're going through deadlifts or lunges? Because if you can do that, if you can keep that spine rigid, we know that that lower back's not going to be taking the motion, man. Mm -hmm. It's going to be your hips. It's going to be your knees. It's going to be the things that we want to be taking that motion. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, it definitely does make sense. And I know one thing that has always helped me when it came to cueing, you know, bracing, Mm -hmm. Very simple. You put, you get both of your hands, push it into your sides, and then go. Yep, and push. Just make that noise, yeah, and you'll feel exactly what it it should feel like to brace. You know, your um, your sides will expand and push against your fingers, and exact that is what you need to be holding. Mm -hmm. You know that that position, that tightness. Mm -hmm. uh, That's what you need to be holding on these leg movements. It'll keep your spine rigid. Um, and it'll keep you safe. Yeah. And one of, one of my favorite ways to coach that is if someone's either seated or standing, you tell them to stand as tall as they can. So reach your head to the sky and then crunch your abs down. Like you're going to hit them in the gut. Right. Mm -hmm. And from then, sometimes people might overdo it a little bit. So then you might have to ask them to stand up again, but keep that tightness. So you might have to play with it a little bit. But once you feel that, excuse me, once you get that motion down and you feel what it's like to have a braced pelvis and trunk you're going to be like oh okay as long as i can maintain that we got it everything else is going to be hips everything else is going to be knees as long as we can keep that spine totally straight so yeah that's something that um you know as a side note i think it's highly uh underrated to to film yourself in the gym Mm -hmm. um to really be sure that those are the things that are happening because man i go on about this all the time, but so many of us are concerned with moving weight from point A to point B. So really question yourself, man, really challenge yourself and film yourself. See, okay, am I, am I moving the way I'm intending to move here? Or is that lower back rounding under? Am I, are my heels coming up on my squat? Am I coming up on my toes? Am I, do I not have the joint, the motion required at one of these joints? Um, and I know, I know every time that I've filmed myself in the past, even if it's with basic movements, but you know, more importantly, the main movements, you know, I would consider myself a great power lifter, but every time that I would record myself, 
uh, from, you know, the side angle on a squat or, you know, just different angles. Sure. I would learn some way that I need to improve. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do think that is that that is um, very oh, yeah. underrated. And then real quick, I also wanted to make a side note about the uh, core stabilization. Um, that is also something that needs to be practiced. Okay. Like you'll you'll Skill. exactly you'll find that it's very uncomfortable holding that braced position, mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to move weight. Yeah. yeah, you do feel stable, but you know, after, after you've done a couple of reps, you're going to go yeah. and you know, it's going to flex. It's not only like the skill and the actual oomph it takes from the musculature, but it's the focus that it takes to maintain focus. that position. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the focus that it takes whenever you're six, seven, eight reps into a, a hard set, man. And then you're starting to mm-hmm. fatigue and you're starting to break and that's when it matters the most that you hold it. It may not feel like it matters the most. It may like it may feel like you should just you know wiggle just out of a squat because yeah. that's yeah just finish the rip. But I will. It's definitely way easier to just maintain mm-hmm. you know that composure and do the lift the way that it needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, man. Yeah, do do the job right or don't do it at all. Yeah, has always been my you know my thought process with that. And so it's funny you mentioned that, man, because I, I kept weights light for a really long time. Just to be sure that like, hey, we're using, and maybe they're still light, but (laughs) point being like, I don't necessarily think that's a whole different conversation. I don't necessarily think you need all that much load either. Um, Especially if you're actually. The more bang on that execution is, man. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So kind of moving forward from that, you know, we've covered the unilateral training and that importance. We've covered the pelvic stabilization and that importance. And now we kind of can get into more of the fun stuff, which is actually like exercise selection and kind of being sure you're covering your bases. And so to just kind of like knock this out out the gate, as far as the question of volume or how much of each of these things, Mm -hmm. I've got no damn idea, man. Depends on who you are. Yeah. Depends on if you're 16 years old and eating 5,000 calories a day and sleeping 10 hours a night, or if you're 50 and eating 1,500 calories a day and sleeping four hours a night, you know, those those recommendations are going to be highly variable. Um, but my best, my best piece of advice as far as the topic of how much before we go into this is going to be how much can you recover from? So how much can you do where you can walk the next day, but feel like you did something? How much can you do where you can actually progress the next time and you're Mm -hmm. not so beat to shit that you can't move? Did you do enough that you still feel like you're growing? So that's going to be a pretty case specific thing, man. I don't think it's as simple as being like three sets of 10 of this, four sets of 20 of this, five sets of eight of this, you know? Do you so, mind really quick covering sure. the importance of recovery? Because the way that I understand it is, you know, if this is your baseline when it comes sure. to, you know, you not being sore at all, yeah. and then you go into a workout and now you're extremely sore, but if you don't recover properly enough and you're still sore in your next workout, mm-hmm. then your new baseline is here instead of where it was, right? I don't necessarily know. I mean, maybe if you're talking about like the same specific muscle and you're not talking about like an entire training system, like an upper body workout into a lower body workout. Like mm-hmm. if you're talking about going I guess lower like body and then, lower body and sure. then lower body and then, you know, you keep on, sure. you, you don't let yourself fully recover so that you can increase that baseline. Okay, so... The, the best way I can put it is you have a glass of water, right? And your goal is to keep that glass 
as high as you can without spilling over and without it being empty. And so mm-hmm. you spill over by doing too much, it gets empty by doing too little. So your goal is kind of to keep that full. And so the best ways you can tell that are what's your sleep like, what's your nutrition like, what is your gains like? Okay. So what are your gains like? Also meaning how do you feel in that session? And so sometimes that can be kind of tough. You know, if you have a, a rough night of sleep the night before, or if you miss out on the nutrition, but those are kind of some other variables you need to be auto regulating. If those are things that are, <clears throat> if those are things that are inconsistent for you. So mm. as far as the recovery thing, man, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say, but I, w- I will say that more is not always better. Mm-hmm. You are only as good as what you can recover from all of this. All any of this is man is adaptation and stimulus. Yeah. Your stimulus and adaptation, excuse me. So you have your you have your your stimulus and you have your response. Your goal is to be sure your response is build as much muscle as you can, and hypothetically, your stimulus could, should be as low as it can be. Yeah, right. So that you can keep on correct. So you that can growth. keep doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can do two sets of every movement and keep progressing, keep getting stronger, keep noticing results, keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying anyone should do this. Uh, legs are a strong point for me and I've been trying to bring up my upper body, but for the last like six years, I've done legs once a week. Um, and I do maybe like 10 sets total. Mm -hmm. So some people will do legs twice a week and do 25 sets each work. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to be highly dependent on who you are. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the recovery conversation is basically just like, can you be humble enough to say I need to pull it back a little bit? And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Can you be humble enough to say, like, I only got four hours of sleep last night. Maybe I shouldn't go for a PR. Maybe I should just mm-hmm. do one set. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, you got to keep that rate um, of progress. Yeah, 100%. My thing is, like, try to do the least amount you can to continue to progress so that you know you're not overreaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Aura rings or Apple Watches can kind of be a good tool to have to kind of watch that. That is there's, so cool. Yeah. There's some other, like, tools out there as well, but, I mean... To be 100% honest, once you kind of start to get a feel for how it is, Mm -hmm. I don't even necessarily know how how critical they are. I'm just real type A and I like the numbers. Yeah. So, but, um, okay, so going into kind of some of the X's and O's of all of this, um, I would kind of like to break these down into um, different, different, um, what's the way I want to term this, Uh, anatomical movements. So being sure the joints are doing a certain movement, and then we'll talk about what exercises I would like to place for that movement. Okay. The reason I view it like that is so we're not being redundant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you do like a, uh, gosh, man, let's say you're doing a heel elevated goblet squat, and then you're doing a front squat. That's, that's redundant. Yeah. You're doing the same thing twice. You're just loading it differently. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument for some different things there. But point being like, I'm trying to look at this through the lens of like, how do we be as efficient as we can be? So let's pick one thing for each one of these big anatomical movements that match these big muscle groups. I like that. Okay. If if that makes sense. Yeah. I really like that. So, um, order is always going to be dependent upon what's your priority. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, if you are someone who wants way bigger calves, you know, calves, you look at my calves when you said that, (laughs) I looked at, I actually looked at mine. Um, If you're somebody who wants way bigger calves, man, train calves first. Mm -hmm. Stop slapping two sets of 10 at the end. Train your calves first. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're someone who wants, you know, big hamstrings, do your leg curls first. If you're somebody who wants big quads, 
do your squats first. You know, maybe do some warm up stuff before that. But when I say first, I mean that's the first muscle that you're really pounding and trying mm-hmm. to to build. So your priority, in my opinion, should always go first when you're the freshest. Okay. Um, so uh, okay, that out of the way to kind of get back into those anatomical movements. Um, our first one is going to be knee extension primarily in what's called the mid to lengthen range or the bottom ranges of a squat or a lunge or a leg press Okay. where your knee is mainly bent. So ideally in that bottom position, your hamstring is touching your calf. Okay. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And so within those movements, um, a lot of the times that is limited by your ankle mobility. Mm-hmm. And what's very important is that you're using a heel elevation in these scenarios. Mm-hmm. So that could be as simple as putting a five pound plate underneath your heel. It could be putting a 25 pound plate under your heel. Maybe your gym has heel elevations. Um, but reason being, that's going to help us with some mobility at the ankle, which is a pretty big determinant factor. And if we can actually even get you into the position of Instead touching of falling your backwards, your calf, exactly. Or falling forwards mm-hmm. or having your hips tuck underneath you. So that's kind of your first, um, your first prereq there is how does your ankle move for this movement? Use a heel elevation as needed. So for these mid to lengthen knee, uh, knee extension movements, I'm the first place my brain is going to go is going to be like a, a heel elevated goblet squat, a heel elevated front squat, um, a, you could make an argument for, Oh, Oh, like a hack squat. Um, you could make an argument for like a stationary quad lunge. A sissy squat. Yeah. A sissy squat. That's a great example as well. So knee extension is going to be for your quadriceps, right? The front of your legs. So Mm -hmm. all of those movements that we just named, if quads are your main focus, I would pick one of those exercises that feels the best to you, maybe even two if they're a big focus, and try to get as strong as you can in the rep ranges of 10 to 20. Okay. Depending on who you are, you can work lower than that and heavier. You can work higher than that and lighter. But if you perfect your form and you get stronger in those rep ranges, those muscles will grow. How many well, sets and should there be? Enough. That's gonna. That's that volume question, right? Yes. That's who are you okay. and, and who is it individually. Um, for most people, my generic shot in the dark is two working sets. Okay. So we'll do a warm up set to practice, check it out. And then we'll do two sets that are basically balls to the wall. Okay. That's kind of my generic, like anybody. So maybe that's the exercise you're doing first. If quads is your goal, um, if glutes and hamstrings are more of your goal, maybe you're going to go with a hip extension movement first or a deadlift variation. Mm. So that could be a trap bar deadlift, a barbell deadlift, a dumbbell RDL. It could even be a one leg RDL. Mm. Um, it could even be a walking lunge with a hip motion bias. Um, it could be a leg press with your feet higher up on the pad. Mm. Um, it could be a 45 degree hip extension. Um, those are some of the first ones that come to, to mind there. So again, those are going to be if uh, glutes and hamstrings are your priority. What we were talking about earlier, that pelvic stabilization, that's going to be really critical in all of these. But yeah. I would say this one, the most importantly, when we move at the hips, when we learn to hip extend or go through those deadlift movement patterns, we are only as we can only go through those as well as we can keep our spine straight mm-hmm. or as well as we can keep the lower back from bending and extending more than it needs to um, or more than it should be at all, which argumentatively is very little for the sake of this conversation. So point being there, if you're picking any of these exercises, be sure you've got that pelvic stabilization down. If you're someone who's still struggling with that pelvic stabilization, but you want to get to pounding those glutes and hamstrings, you could focus on that leg press variation that we talked about with the feet higher up. 
the reason being you're on that pad we're moving at the hips so as long as you can keep your lower back flat to that pad we got glutes and hamstrings going mm-hmm. so that way we don't even need to worry about bracing the spine and bracing the pelvis so if that's kind of your option there that's always a pick um and for somebody who maybe doesn't know or you know if they're not willing to record themselves or they don't have yeah. people watching their form i'd say one of the biggest ind- indicators of you know you not keeping that pelvic stabilization is getting a pump in your lower back. Yeah. You know, like if you're doing deadlifts and you're a couple sets in and a couple reps in and yeah. you feel your lower back being pumped, mm-hmm. then you're definitely not stabilizing your yeah. pelvis. And there's, and there's one thing I want to clarify there. Cause I think sometimes we leave people scratching their heads when we say that, you know, it's normal to feel your lower back working in a deadlift. What's not normal is to feel your lower back pumped. Like you would feel your bicep pumped. Yeah. Or like you yeah. would feel like your legs pumped after a leg extension like a or ball. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's when Chris uses the word pump, he doesn't necessarily mean stimulation. He means mm-hmm. like it literally feels like that muscle is like about to cramp up and yes. freak out on you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point. So I would say, you know, if you're look, if you're someone looking for a more beginner variation there, start with a higher leg, leg press, and then just start with like a light dumbbell RDL, practice that pelvic stabilization. Mm-hmm. See if you can learn how to move through the hips uh, as, as a bonus point. One of my favorite ways to always teach hip extension is do not think up and down, but think forward and back. So when you think forward and back, if you can learn to think back at the hips and forward at the collarbone, that's going to help you keep your spine straight. Yeah. Because now instead of going up and down, we're trying to keep your spine nice and straight, right? Um, There's nothing wrong with standing um, perpendicular to a mirror and checking out your spine and seeing if it's straight when we're working with lighter loads, but... Definitely be sure that you you have that form locked down once we start working with heavier loads because we want to be sure that spine stay nice and straight and we're not actively watching ourselves. If you want to see your spine, definitely definitely film it from the side. Yeah, or just have somebody, hey, you mind watching my form? Yeah, from sure. the side. Sure. Yeah, or just a- ask them to film it or something. I mean, yep. come on, man. We live in 2023. People exactly, are doing yeah. dancing TikToks in the middle of the road, so like you <laughs> Get can your ask. Phone out. <laughs> yeah, you can ask somebody to film you in the gym. It's okay. Um, so moving from the, so we've covered the, uh, mid to lengthen knee extension. We've covered the hip extension. Um, again, maybe that's something that we do for a good, you know, one to two sets. Mm. Um, moving on, we're going to go into a knee flexion for hamstrings specifically. So your hamstrings are a biarticulate muscle. That's just a fancy way of saying they cross over two joints. So they do two things. Okay. They extend your hips. Like we talked about just now with like a deadlift variation, they also bend your knee. So they take your knee from straight to bent. Mm-hmm. So seated leg curl, lying leg curl. Um, there's even some other leg curl variations out there. You know, people will lie down flat on their back, put their heels up on a rowing machine, put their butt up in the air, kind of do a, a movement like that. People mm-hmm. do a similar thing with like a, a ball. In my opinion, just stick to either a lying leg curl or a machine leg curl. If, Way if that's Yeah, if that's something up. you have available. Mm-hmm. Um, some gyms, I mean, I, hopefully your gym does. If, you know, your home gym probably does not. If not, you could look up, you know, maybe like a slider leg curl or something like that. What about um, having a dumbbell, <clears throat> you know, just sit in between their legs while they're... Uh, like a lying it, leg it, extension it, if they it, don't have a machine it works it's just it's just really 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 inefficient yeah. um so at that you know if we're going to talk about being a minimalist with this movement i would look up um like a uh that's the way i want to word this uh go on youtube look up like a slider leg curl Okay. She'll be like laying on your back. You'll put your butt in the air. It's almost like a bridge leg curl variation. Okay. Um, but the dumbbell between the feet thing, man, the resistance curve just doesn't really work. You can't really set it up right. Like 
and they even make some other grips out there where it's like you can attach stuff to your ankles. Like you, you can try to get fancy with stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I, I found that the resistance curve is just so odd that sometimes it's not even worth messing with. Okay. Um, but so ideally here, we're going to be going with a lying leg curl or a seated leg curl. Um, if you're going to go lying leg curl, you're, if you're going to go both, let's, let's start there. If hamstrings are your priority and you're going to go both, we're going to go lying leg curl first. Reason being, that's the one where we need to stabilize the pelvis a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. That's the one where the hamstring's in a shortened position, so you're going to be a little bit weaker here. So let's go lying leg curl first if you're going to do both. Then we're going to go seated leg curl, where, like we talked about earlier, there's a little bit more assistance in bracing due to the semantics of the machine. You can lock yourself down with that pad, mm-hmm. and then you can train your hamstrings, balls to the wall from there. But <clears throat> if you're just going to pick one, I would pick seated. That's yes. the mid to lengthen range. That's where you're going to be able to load at the heaviest. And that's what's going to um, be the most efficient for most people. Um, so if you're just going to pick one, let's go with the seated leg curl. If okay. you're going to have two leg days, maybe you can do one on one, one on the other. You know, you can mess with it a little bit. But if we're going to sit down and just, you know, if, if you're sending me to an island and I can pick one knee flexion exercise, <laughs> I'm taking a seated leg curl, buddy. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's really all I have to say there. Um yeah, that's, that's a pretty simple one. There's, there's not too much I really like to mess with otherwise semantically, just because again, I've found that, you know, the, the throwing the dumbbell between the ankles and stuff, like sometimes it just, it might, at that point to me, it just makes more sense to do more deadlifts or something like that. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, um, I was going to, I was going to mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Yep. I, I will say, um, fellows that are blessed in the glute department, you might want to just be do <laughs> why you're pointing me like that. You want to be doing that knee flexion first, man. Cause if you're pounding that hip extension, chances are glutes are just going to take it all day. Yeah. So that's another, you know, discussion we could have around structuring the workouts, but we'll either save that for the end or I'll, mm-hmm. I'll keep moving here. Um, I, I'm going to consider this one a bonus, but I am going to say it right now of knee extension. Uh, in the shortened position. So like a leg extension machine, Okay. Yeah, a leg extension machine. Yep. Uh, again, semantically, there's some other ways you can mess with that, like with a band or something like that. But using the leg extension machine is, um, pretty important to develop a full set of quads and that we're training the shortened position and we're really training that rec fem or kind of that underneath piece. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I would say you definitely want to have a leg extension in there. Um, People will say all day that it's terrible for your knees. If you have history of knee pain, it might not be the best exercise for you mm-hmm. to load up heavy. Maybe you could try it lighter. Maybe you could play with it yourself and see what you think instead of just reading things online and then assuming what yeah. assuming what somebody said on Reddit was uh, mm-hmm. God's word. But that's a different <laughs> story. Uh, any, anyways, man, point there being, uh, I think leg extension is a good bonus if you're somebody who cares about you know, building a full set of legs just because it's going to be sure that we're kind of covering that quad in all of our bases. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think it's a must for everyone, not even a must for most people, but just a must for someone who's trying to build a totally sick pair of legs. Mm-hmm. So leg extension is a bonus one. Okay. Um, I like that bonus. That's one of my favorite leg workouts. Yeah, man. <laughs> for, for sure, man. It's, it's a really good one, dude. Um, and so, okay. So we've kind of covered the mid to lengthen for the knee extension, right? So basically our big squat variation, that's a quad dominant. Mm-hmm. We've covered our hip extension. So our big deadlift variation, that's going to be glute and hamstring dominant. We've covered knee flexion, which is going to be our isolation of the hamstrings. That's going to be mainly hamstrings, a little bit of calves. Um, and then we also want to be sure, in my opinion, again, like we talked about that we have a unilateral exercise that we're actively training and trying to progress. Mm -hmm. So earlier you had mentioned, you know, using a a unilateral exercise as a way for you to warm up for your powerlifting sessions Mm -hmm. or, um, 
something like that. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's a really good way to warm up and prep yourself. But in my opinion, we also want to be having um, a unilateral movement either in the middle or at the end of a workout for sure that mm-hmm. we are pounding or actively trying to get better at. Okay. So there's a di- when you're just warming up, you're just doing a couple reps just to prep that musculature, right? Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, we need to have an exercise that we're actually trying to get better at. So maybe um, in your scenario, you did walking lunges and split squats. Then you went and did your barbell back squats or whatever. After that, maybe we're going to go into weighted split squats where we're going to try to get heavier every week. We're going to try to add reps every week, like a unilateral movement that we're treating like we would any other bodybuilding movement Mm -hmm. and that we're trying to add reps, add weight, right? So whether that's in the middle of the workout at the end, it it can even be at the beginning, but if it's at the beginning, we want to be sure we're also using it as a way to push and to progress. Yeah. It's about the priorities. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. So I think that if you're going to have a unilateral movement in, you can put it kind of wherever you want, but just be sure that it's something that you're, you're pushing hard, right? Mm -hmm. If you have unilateral movement and it's at the beginning, just for a warm up, in my opinion, that's not enough. You got to have one somewhere that you're going to be pushing on as well. Um, so that kind of covers unilateral. You're really making me think, think about this because right now my hips are so tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you well, have I'm, to lose all I'm glad we're talking man. about this, man. Cause it's funny. I, I, uh, I did split squats religiously for like two years straight. I took them out for like three months and then I just did them again for the first time and I was wrecked. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to, yeah, we're going to pound on the unilateral a little extra, extra today. You know something about doing. that too, man. Um, it really helps when it comes to the stabilization again. hundred percent. Um, I, I, so I stopped doing the compound lifts, the heavy lifts, mm-hmm. and I've kind of been neglecting the stabilization. Yeah. But every time that I, I don't know, need like felt the need to improve it, uh, I would definitely do unilateral movements. Yeah. Um, and it would drastically improve my ability to just stay stabilized yeah. in whatever leg movement, uh, upper body, whatever it was that I was doing. Okay. I like that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that that's, um, it, they're just kind of one of those things that it's like, I think the only reason people don't do them is they're not as sexy for Instagram or they're they don't not, feel yeah. as cool because they're not as heavy or whatever, or just because they're puke gut wrenching well, and I, like they, yeah. they suck. Well, I think but, it's also, or at least in my case, I view them as accessories, you yeah, know, I see. like that's, I view them yep. um, after. They don't feel like a priority. Yeah, exactly. They don't mm-hmm. feel like a priority, but I think that's also because we don't train them like a priority. Yeah. You know, if I was to do what you're saying and I actually commit to really having an intense couple sets of the lunges, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's going to, you know, become a priority pretty fast because yeah. I'm going to be seeing the results pretty fast from it. But because it's not a or, you know, we think that it's not a priority or we think of it as, you know, something to do at the very end of our workouts kind of nonchalantly. Yep. Um, then yeah, that's why we don't do them. Yeah. You know? It just, it doesn't, it doesn't ever land as something that's important when we think about things like back squats or leg press or, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so again, trying to keep us all kind of in check and, and be sure everyone's long for the ride here. Yeah. We got our mid to length and knee extension, right? Our, our big squat variation, we have our hip extension variation, our, our big deadlift movement. We have our knee flexion, our leg curl movement. We have our unilateral movement, mm-hmm. so our lunge, split squat, step up, whatever that might be. And then finally, we're going to have a calf movement, man. That's just going to be um, dorsal. That's just going to be plantar flexion, 
okay. right? Um, some people like to do dorsiflexion as well, which is a fancy way of saying, you know, the little toe raise to get the shins going as well. But mm-hmm. if you're hitting a lot of these other deeper movements, you might not need that guy as much directly. Mm-hmm. That's going to be kind of case specific. Um, but so for sake of this conversation, let's just talk about plantar flexion or your standard calf raise. Um, <clears throat> a couple different ways we can look at this. Most people, I just have do a body weight calf raise. I found if you can teach most people how to do a decent enough calf raise on two legs and on one leg, they can build calves that are plenty enough for the average Joe. If you want to build a sick pair, uh, sick pair of calves, you might want to master that first and then figure out some other ways to load it. Maybe like a standing calf machine. Um, you can use a leg press machine. Just keep a soft bend in your knee and be sure mm-hmm. you're moving at the ankle. A couple different things we can do there. Seated. Um, you could do seated as well. Yep. And that's a different conversation as well because that's a little bit different. So it's like both. If we're right? doing, correct. So if we're doing, if we're going to do a seated calf variation, we're also going to be incorporating that lower portion of our calf. So mm-hmm. it is important that we have a, a seated variation and it's important that we have a straight leg variation or a standing variation. Mm-hmm. So that's something you could kind of switch week by week. If it's a priority, maybe you do both of them. Um, but you definitely want to be sure that you're doing again, not necessarily even in the same session or really even the same training block, but do you want to be sure that at some point you're doing a calf raise, excuse me, a calf raise with a straight knee and a calf raise with a bent knee. Okay. So like you said, that could be a seated calf raise. Um, I've even just put dumbbells on my knees, sat at the edge of a bench and done calf raises. I mean, there's tons, there's tons of different ways you can, you can uh, kind of mess with it. Um, calves tend to be one of those things that people just kind of slap at the end. In my opinion, you have no business doing that unless you're someone who either doesn't care about calves or already has better calves than you ever want mm-hmm. um it's a Some muscle. high school coach calves. A, yeah <laughs> yeah man it's a muscle just like any other so in my opinion it should be treated just like any other you know kind of just gets put on the back burner sometimes so mm-hmm. definitely man if, if calves are something that's a priority for you again try to get strong in that in that 10 to 20 rep range man try to perfect your form in that 10 to 20 rep range mm-hmm. you know be sure you're just using that calf you're not rolling that foot around right you're staying on the ball of that foot the whole time and we're just moving at the ankle so, yeah, so, <laughs> and that's the tough thing too, man, is, yeah. is everything we've talked about today doesn't even go into the lens of, or, or into the conversation of the specifics of form within each of these exercises, Which is right? Huge. Yeah, so with everything that we've listed today, like the biggest thing that I would like to drive home is looking at each of these movements um, as a skill in and of itself, man. When you do that and you respect that for what it is and you look at it as a skill to get better at, you will get more out of it. Mm-hmm. So instead of being, you know, so concerned with adding 10 pounds to your squat, be more concerned with mastering the bottom position. Mm-hmm. Instead of being so concerned with, you know, adding 10 pounds to your deadlift, get good at pausing in the bottom, yeah. you know, instead, does that make sense? So, oh, yeah. so point being like, let's be sure that our form is like a hundred percent bang on. Well, maybe not even a hundred percent, right? Maybe 95%, maybe yeah. 92%. But like, have high standards. Sure. For it. Yeah. Give yourself high standards, man. You don't need to like have paralysis. You don't need to be paralyzed by it. You don't need to feel like, you know, if you see one wrong little thing, you can never go heavy again. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely ways to kind of have little league syndrome with that. But yeah. in my opinion, it, it, it's really important that you're taking that 100% seriously, man. So to kind of wrap all of that up and put a bow on it, your complete leg workout, um, if your complete leg workout without any priorities taken into account is going to be a mid to lengthen knee extension, a hip extension, a knee flexion, a unilateral movement, and a calf movement. So let's make a quick example here. I'm going to kind of bullet point, bulletproof through these. I'm going to knock these out really quick. Okay. Let's say quads are your focus. Let's say you want to build quads mainly. So let's knock out our priority here. We're going to go 
knee extension in the shortened position first. We're going to go leg extension first. Okay. Then we're going to go into a unilateral movement before we start loading up too much. So we're going to do some walking lunges then. Then we're going to go into our mid to lengthen knee extension where we'll do our front squat or our heel elevated squat. We'll really load it up. We'll try to build that form. We'll look at that as like the big meat and potato exercise. We'll push that hard. From there, we'll go into your knee flexion. Then we'll go into your hip extension. And then we'll go into your calves, Mm -hmm. right? So we can kind of break that down in that order if quads are your focus. Maybe hamstrings are your focus. So let's go knee flexion first. Let's do that seated leg curl first. Then let's go into a barbell RDL. So that way we're prioritizing our hamstrings first. Then we're getting a little bit of hamstrings and glutes. Then we can go into whatever else, right? We can go into quads, then calves, then unilateral. We can go into unilateral, then quads, then calves. I mean, we can break it down however you want, man. So it's like, as long as you're putting what's most important to you first, and you're nailing kind of these five bullet points, you're going to have a complete leg workout or a roughly complete leg workout. One thing I would encourage as well, especially if you're someone who might not understand the exact ins and outs of all of it, is don't be afraid to kind of plop exercises in and out that fit within those categories. You know, I just kind of talked up the seated leg curl and talked about how much better it was in the lying leg curl. But if you hop on a seated leg curl and all you get is calves, but you hop on a lying leg curl and your hamstrings season up on you, well, go lying leg curl, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you find that a barbell back squat is the best way for you to get quads. And if you try to go front squat, it just tears your shoulders up. We'll go barbell back squat, man. Like there's the, the point is, is like pick the one that's going to work and fit the best for you and then try to get really good at it. Mm-hmm. Just be sure we're covering all these bases. If you're trying to be build a complete set of legs, right? Does that all make sense? That, that was, was a lot of info. Yeah. But that was, that was <laughs> awesome because it was clear, man. And it was organized. So yeah, I, I like it. Okay, cool. So that's kind of, so let me, for more for me than for anything, I'm going to go through all of that one more time, right? Okay. Okay. So number one, and this is in no order. And number one, we've got our mid to length and knee extension. Mm-hmm. This is our squat. This is our, our heel elevated squat. This is our front squat. This is our, um, this is our stationary lunge where we're just moving at the knee for quads. Um, this is a, you know, a Smith machine squat with your feet out front. This is a leg press with your feet low on the pad. This is a a squat movement or a movement in which your knee mainly bends and we touch that calf to that hamstring. We've got hip extension or a deadlift variation where we're moving at the hips for through a significant range, right? This could be a barbell RDL. This could be a traditional barbell deadlift, a trap bar deadlift, a dumbbell RDL, a one leg RDL, a walking lunge at the hip, a movement where your body is bending and extending at the hips, right? So Mm -hmm. that spine is staying straight Some of these we even move at the knees too, right? Like a walking lunge at the hip or a a leg press. Mm -hmm. But as long as we're biasing the hip through that motion, right? So that knee's not bending too much. That hip is what's moving. We have your knee flexion or our seated leg curl or our lying leg curl. Being sure you're keeping that shin tight. You're pulling those toes towards you while you're kicking that heel down, trying to get that hamstring working. We have our unilateral movement. So again, that could be walking lunges, split squats, step ups, one leg, leg press, one leg, leg curl. I mean, we have any one leg hip thrust. I mean, you have tons of different options to work with in here. And to be honest, out of all of these, this is the one I would be switching up the most often, unless it's the one that you're pounding at the time. It's the one that if it's the one that you're pounding and you're trying to actively get better at, obviously you got to keep it in so you can keep practicing it. Mm. But if it's something you're doing for warm-ups, it's okay to maybe try one leg hip thrust one week, walking lunges the next week, step-ups the next week. That's something you can play with a little bit. Okay. And then we have our calf raise. 
right? So whether that's a body weight calf raise, whether that's a leg press calf raise, whether that's a seated calf raise with a knee bent, um, those are kind of some, some different options there. So those are all of our kind of five big bullet points to hit. I will say, you know, we had the conversation of redundancy earlier. There's not necessarily anything wrong with repeating some of these movements. If you find that there are things you like, or there are things that are priority for you, I would just be hesitant with your volume around them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, earlier I said you shouldn't front squat and heel elevate goblet squat, but maybe you just like to. Well, that's fine, but maybe we'll just do like three sets of all of that total instead of two sets each. Okay. You know what I mean? So and that's because of the recovery? That's just to be sure you're not pounding the same thing over and over again. Oh, the redundancy. That's so right. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's so again, it's okay if you want to do some of these things, that's fine. Just be sure you're not doing the same thing over you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you watch guys do easy bar curls and then cable curls and then <laughs> dumbbell hammer curls. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like okay, you're doing the same thing with like a 2% difference. So at mm. point being there, you can do the same thing. It's not like you're going to die, your knees are going to explode or anything. It's just important to keep in mind that it might not be as efficient as you could be or, you know, unless it, that thing is a priority and you want to just be sure you're, you're pounding it as much as you can. Okay, so, got you. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's going to be like everything you need for an entire lower body training protocol. You fit those five things. You pick the exercises that fit those things the best for you. You get strong as fuck at from 10 to 20 reps. You eat enough protein. You sleep enough. You're golden. I love it. I mean, I will say this clarified. I, I'd, I'd consider myself very experienced when it comes to training. This clarified a lot for me, man. Okay. Like I know one of, like looking back on what you just went over, one of my biggest problems is redundancy. Mm. You know, I'll I think t- that's most people. Yeah, because yeah. I just thought that that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But it makes so much more sense. You know what you said. And yeah. then I never split them up into, you know, or split my lower body workouts into different yeah. categories to yeah. make sure that I hit all of those categories. Yeah. You know, like maybe I was pounding three categories and then completely neglecting those other two. Yeah. And well, I say maybe. No, that's exactly how it was. So right. I just didn't know that there was a full picture to this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, I just feel like it's an important conversation to have, you know, breaking it down through the anatomical terminology, right? Mm-hmm. The hip extension and, and the knee flexion, because when you talk about that joint specifically, that starts to clarify it a little bit more for the average Joe as to what we're doing within that movement. So like, you know, you can watch people go through a barbell back squat. That is a classic full range of motion, but their hamstring will never touch their calf. Mm hmm. So that wouldn't be the mid to lengthen knee extension exercise for that person. Yeah. Right. Because, and that could be because that person squats so much from the hip or mm-hmm. it could just be that person's levers. Damn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just but it's like, something that I can improve now. Well, but it's like you, it, let's say you were in your powerlifting at the time or you're trying to build muscle at the time and we knew you squatted like that. Well, we wouldn't program barbell back squats for you for quads. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't make any sense because That's you're right. okay. exactly because your knee is not moving through big ranges. Mm-hmm. Your hip is moving through big ranges. Yes. That's okay. why yeah, exactly. So you're getting adductors, you're getting hips, you're getting glutes. You know what I mean? Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So we're basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to break down these anatomical movements and put exercises within them. Because if we can do that, if we can put exercises within all these anatomical movements, we're literally covering every muscle underneath your belt. Does that make sense? I'm going to have to re-listen yeah. to this podcast after. No, <laughs> seriously, need to hand man. Note cards or yeah. Yeah, because right now, like, you know, I, I'm thinking about my current program and I mm-hmm. thought that I had it, you know, yeah. pretty good but and well-rounded. Um, I don't. There's always, there's always, there's always something to think about, man. But I, what I will say is like, 
basically we're just looking at the joints that move around those muscles mm-hmm. and we're being sure we're training what those joints can do okay both ways yes so we're being sh- so we said knee extension mid to length and right i'm being sure you can straighten your knee it looks simple when i'm sitting here but that's but if your hip isn't excuse me if your spine is straight while you're going through a squat and all you're doing is moving at the knee well this is what you're doing it doesn't look mm-hmm. this you're you're bending and extending your knee just like you would in a leg extension. It doesn't look the same. It's loaded differently. But point being, all that ha- all that's happening is movement at the knee. Mm-hmm. It just looks different. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when you start looking at joint like you literally look at joints like angles, right? And you're like, "Okay, at the beginning of his squat, his knee is 180 degrees. It's straight." Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom of his squat, because his hamstring is touching his calves, his knee is like 20 degrees mm-hmm. or whatever you whatever made up number you'd have at that point. But then you watch somebody else's squat, the top of that guy's squat. He's at 180 degrees. Let's talk about you. You're moving at the hip, the bottom of your squat. Maybe 40 your, degrees. Your knee is at, yeah, 40, 60 degrees, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe your hips went from being 180 to being 120 mm-hmm. or being, you know what I mean? Went from being straight up to nine. I mean, whatever, however you want to mess with those numbers. But point being, when you start watching joints like angles, a lot of this stuff starts to make a little bit more sense. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's kind of uh, our whole enticing um, lower body training protocol, man. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll call it. Those are our kind of our five points surrounding all of those things. And that's going to kind of cover everything, man. I mean, again, you know, don't be afraid to add or subtract depending on who you are, what your goal is, et cetera. Um, one thing I will say that comes to mind too is when we're talking about training legs um, or, or building legs to the best of your ability do not do your cardio after, mm. um, <clears throat> unless you have to, or it's just more convenient, but, um, don't do your cardio before try to keep it away from that leg session. Um, priorities. Yeah. Other than that, man, I, I think that kind of nails everything that you need for a, a lower body. I think so, protocol. man. Yeah. yeah. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. Cool. What are we going to talk about on the next one? So next one, we'll be talking about creating an upper body training protocol. Yes, we are. So we'll kind of break this all down the same way. And, and to be honest with the way we broke this one down, I'm thinking we might need a, to make the next one a two-parter because upper body gets a little bit more. <laughs> There's a uh, lot yeah, more. Yeah. Upper body gets a little bit more intense just due to the way the scapula moves and the way the humerus moves and the GH joint. So anyways, mm-hmm. like that's, there's a kind of a lot of cans of worms to open up there. Um, mm-hmm. But so I thought legs would be a really good start. And as always, you know, you can shoot uh, Chris or I a DM on Instagram or you can send us an email or whatever way you can contact us through mm-hmm. social media. And we, we're always happy to answer any questions you got or try to at least send you in the right direction. What's your Instagram? My Instagram is progress through change. And my personal bodybuilding log is Alex Chris Martin, where you can see me probably post another back double bicep that looks the same as the one I posted yesterday. <laughs> yeah. But it's for me, man. So. It's for you. Yeah. yeah. What's your Instagram, buddy? Uh, I think it's Toro underscore strong or Toro strong. Yeah, one something of those. like that. Yeah. Something you'll like find that. it. You'll <laughs> find it. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you next Monday. Hey, what's up PTC fam. Um, I just wanted to remind y'all that you can, I got it. I got it. You can do this. <laughs> yeah, I know I can. I don't know. I'm thinking, um, Hey, PTC family. Uh, I just wanted to remind y'all that in the YouTube description or the Spotify description, you can download a reference guide to everything that Alex went over in this podcast so that you can actually create your lower body program uh, to your specific needs. You know, like if you're if you're like me, there's a lot of the terminology in here that, you know, might have been confusing. Um, but this full protocol is going to take your 
lower body gains to the next level. And so again, just wanted to let y'all know to download that guide. Uh, it's free. So all you got to do is just click on the link and then you'll be able to download it and create your own lower body program. All right. All right.